Good morning. Good to see all your smiling faces. It's December, best month of the year, for more reasons than one. And we're here to remember the season of Advent, and Advent means coming, and we are remembering these various themes. Last week we looked at hope, and today we want to look a little bit about peace. Now, there's a story that's told about a competition, a painting competition, where you had to submit various paintings that depicted tranquility or peace. And it came down to basically two paintings. Okay, there we go. So it came down to two paintings. You have the one on the left and the one on the right. Okay, and they had to decide which of these two paintings depicted peace. Now, if it was up to you, what would your choice be? This nice flowery picture on the left with this sunrise and, oh, so nice. Or this other picture that you see this water and waves and you see a lightning in the background. And so it came down to these two pictures. And you know which picture actually won? Yeah, well, that was a giveaway because I wouldn't be asking this question if it was the easy one. But the reason why this was chosen, you might not be able to see it very clearly, but I'll just direct you to this side. Right here, there's a little bird in the cleft of the rock that's just hiding out there waiting out the storm. And the reason this picture won was because peace is not just when everything is going well in our lives and things are smooth and nothing's you know, happening you know, that's messing things up. But peace actually is resting and trusting in Jesus even when things are falling apart around us. Where peace is not dependent on our situations But peace is dependent on him because he's the Prince of Peace. Let's pray today. Lord Jesus, we thank you, O God, for gathering us in your house. And Lord, we pray that as we look into your word and as we study a few things about peace, Lord, that your peace would rest upon us this morning, O God, and that we would know you more and more as that Prince of Peace and the God of Peace who works in our lives. Bless your people this morning, Lord God, with your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of the message today is Christ in a Crisis. Now, not meaning that Jesus was in a crisis, right? Or that, you know, things were going wrong for him. But Jesus came into this world about 2,000 years ago into a family that in one sense was going through a crisis. Now, you know the story, the Christmas story of Mary and Joseph and how the angel came to Mary to tell her that she's with child and she's going to bear a son and he'd be the son of God. And when Joseph got this news, he, was, he didn't know what to do and he thought to himself, I better put her away because she's been unfaithful to me. And then the angel had to come and tell Joseph, no, don't do that, right? And explain the thing to Joseph. And so in this situation, this family, this couple was in a crisis, Because in the culture of that time, for a woman to have a child out of wedlock was something that was looked down upon. They would be rejected. They would be considered outcasts. They would be like, oh, look what happened to her. 
And probably their future was so uncertain. They didn't know what was going to happen next. I'm I'm with child by the Holy Ghost. And now what will happen? What will this child be? What will happen to this child? This child is supposed to be the Son of God. So many thoughts must have been going through their mind. So much uncertainty of the future. Why did the angels appear to us? They had to go on this long journey to, to Bethlehem to be registered. And in all of this crisis situation that Joseph and Mary were going through, in the midst of that situation, Jesus came and brought peace. And I don't know what situation you are here today. You've come to the house of God and maybe you're going through a crisis situation. Maybe you're facing a sickness that you don't know how to deal with. Maybe there's a problem in your family, a problem with your children. Maybe you're going through a financial crisis. Maybe you're going through a a crisis at your workplace. Maybe you're going through a crisis in your own spiritual life where you're questioning God and you don't even know maybe if God exists or you don't even know, you know, what am I doing here in church? There could be so many situations in life where we might be facing a crisis. But I want to tell you today by the word of the Lord that Christ came in a time of crisis and he's here today to meet you in your time of crisis as well. He's here to meet you in your time of need. And he came and and just because Jesus came didn't mean that the situation was all now a bed of roses. Because after the birth of Jesus, they had to flee to Egypt. Then they had to, they had to run away and be hidden from the, from the governor. And so many different things were happening. It doesn't mean that the situation necessarily changes. But the difference is Jesus is in the midst of the situation. And if Jesus is with us, then we can have peace. And during this Christmas time, Christmas holidays, it's a time when maybe you can spend time with family and friends and enjoy the company of others, maybe people you haven't seen before. But you might not feel like this is such a good time. I'm going through this trial in my life. I'm going through this heavy burden. I'm going through this problem in my marriage. I'm going through this, I don't know what tomorrow will hold. I don't know what 2017 will hold. But thank God that he gives us peace in the midst of the storm. Thank God that one of the blessings that we can receive from the Lord is peace in our heart. Now, the the story of of Christmas is found here in Luke chapter 2. And it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Jesus came into this world and he brought peace. And that manger scene is such a scene of, of peace and joy that that little child brought to that couple in the time of their crisis. And so this morning, I just want to look at three things. One, I want to look and see how God is a, a God of peace. And number two, what the God of peace is doing in our lives. And number three, what the blessings of peace is in our life. So number one, understand that our God is a God of peace. This is an amazing thing. God is a God of peace. It's part of his nature. He is peaceful, right? He is a God of peace. Romans chapter 15 and verse 33 says, May the God of peace be with you all. And so many times throughout the New Testament in the, in the letters of Paul and others, we see this uh, benediction, this blessing that he gives. And he says, May the God of peace 
be with you all. Second Thessalonians 3 and verse 16 says, Now may the God, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. You know, I often think of Jesus seated on the throne and as he's seated on the throne in heaven and he's looking down at our lives and, you know, something might happen to us and we're pulling our hair out and wondering, what's going on, God? Where are you, God? How come you didn't see this? And do you think Jesus is seated on the throne and he's looking down and he's saying, hey, what happened there? That didn't go according to plan. How come this trial came? How come this sickness happened? Is Jesus biting his teeth and nails in heaven? Oh, I don't know. What the, how did this happen? No. Because part of who he is, is that he is the God and the Lord of peace. He is sovereign over every situation of our lives. He is the Lord of all the universe. There's nothing that is a surprise to him. He knows the past, he lives in the present, and he knows the future. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So nothing takes Jesus by surprise. Maybe for us, it'll take us by surprise. Oh, why did this happen? How come I lost my job? Why did this sickness come? How come I'm going through this thing in my family? It's not a surprise to God. And he is at peace because he is sovereign over all. This famous verse in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 that we often read during this Christmas season. For unto us a child is born. It's a, a prophecy about the Lord Jesus. To us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, and also the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace working in our lives. Okay? So what is this God of Peace doing? us? So, so don't worry. Whatever situation that you're, you're going through, a financial difficulty, a sickness, a burden, Jesus is still on the throne, and he still has everything in control. It's all in his hands. We don't need to worry. So, so what is this God of peace doing for us? Number one, he's making peace through the blood of his cross. The God of peace has made peace through the blood of his cross. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 to 22, it says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So in Jesus Christ, the whole very nature and character of God was displayed, manifest in Jesus when he was here on this earth. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Dear friends, today in the house of God, I don't know what situation you've come and maybe you feel like you don't have peace with God. Maybe there's a fear or a worry or a doubt in your mind that, you know, if, if something happens to me today, I don't know what I'll say when I see God. I don't know. I, I'm not sure of my relationship with God. I want to tell you that today you can have peace with God. Because Jesus died on the cross and he made peace through the blood of his cross. Jesus made a way for you and I to be reconciled to God, to have peace with God. That's the first relationship we need to think about. I need to be reconciled with God. I need to have peace with him. At one time, as this verse says, we were alienated from God. We were enemies of God. The Bible says that sin separates us from God. And if we can deal with that problem of sin, then we can be reconciled to God. 
And the way to deal with that problem of sin is by coming to the cross. And maybe today you're worried about the future. Maybe today you're thinking, I don't know what my relationship is with God. Jesus has already taken the first step. And he's made a way for us. He's made peace through the blood of his cross. He's made a way for us to have peace with him. Romans 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the God of peace is doing for us. He's making peace for us. We're reconciled to God. We can have fellowship with him. We can have an intimate relationship with him. We can know the very God of peace who imparts peace to us. And so that we can talk with him, we can walk with him, we can fellowship with him. You know, there was a woman that came to Jesus in the New Testament. And she was known as a sinner. And people looked down upon her. And she came and she started crying. And she was, she was washing Jesus' feet with, with her tears and wiping them with her hair and anointing Jesus. And people were looking at her and wondering, doesn't Jesus know that this lady's a sinner? But Jesus knew the love that she had. And and Jesus knew that she needed peace. And in Luke chapter 7, you can find that story. But just at the end of this story, Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. My desire for each one of you this morning is that you would not leave this place with a troubled heart. But that you would leave this place with the peace of God filling your heart again peace doesn't necessarily depend on our situations and circumstances we could be going through a hard time but the god of peace can fill us with peace always you know the gospel is known as the gospel of peace in ephesians 6 verse 15 it says it is the gospel of peace it is the good news of peace that the gospel shared to others, that you tell your friends and your neighbors and other people that you know, your co-workers, it's a gospel of peace. It brings peace into this troubled world. And in the world that we live in today, you know, there's so many things that are going on. And it's so uncertain, what will tomorrow hold? I don't know what's happening in the government, in politics, and this thing and that thing. And there's so much uncertainty But in the midst of so much uncertainty, in the midst even of a crisis, we can find Jesus as our peace, as the Prince of Peace, as the God of peace in our lives. Not because of the situation that we're in, but because of who he is and because of what he's done in the cross and reconciling us to himself. What else is this God of peace doing? Well, he's sanctifying us and that has to be good news for all of us. Because sometimes we think, God, when am I going to overcome? Lord, when is this thing going to be out of my life? Lord, I keep failing you in this area. And we might be worried and thinking, Lord, what's happening to me? I thought that when I became a Christian, none of these things would happen. But I want to tell you that the God of peace is sanctifying us. And if he's not worried, why do we need to be worried? Right? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 to 24, it says, And now the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. It's the God of peace that's sanctifying us. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is important. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. 
Now, you might think in your life, God, I'm not being sanctified. I have this nature and that nature. I get angry and I'm lustful and I'm this and I'm that. And all of these things are raging within me. I want to tell you, dear friends, believe in the Lord. Trust in God and believe in the God of peace because he's sanctifying us. And it says here, he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Again, I don't picture Jesus on his throne thinking, oh, why did I save this person? They're never going to learn. Do you think Jesus is on the throne thinking that? No. He is the God of peace, and he is sanctifying us. Trust in him. He is faithful. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. It's not about us. It's about him. He will do that work. He is the God of peace. What else is this God of peace doing? Well, he's delivering us. How many like that? How many, maybe today you need a deliverance in your life. Maybe there's a bondage. Maybe there's an oppression. Maybe you feel like, you know, the enemy is attacking you. But the God of peace is the one that's going to deliver us. In Romans chapter 16 and verse 20, it says, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Isn't that amazing? It says that the God of peace is going to crush Satan. He's going to destroy. He's already done it on Calvary. When Jesus died on the cross, he hung there and he said, it is finished. He's done the work. He's accomplished it for us. We have the victory. So I don't know what situation you might be facing today. But know that the God of peace is fighting for us. Right? Now it might seem weird. God of peace fighting? But here it says it's the God of peace that's going to crush Satan under our feet shortly. Whatever oppression you're facing, realize Satan has been defeated. The price has been paid. Jesus has the victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory by Jesus Christ always and in all places and in everything. We can be confident and know that we are on the winning side. Jesus is with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? God is on our side. We are on the winning side. So if we're on the winning side, we can be at peace. Rest in the Lord. Trust in him. He is the prince of peace. He came to give us peace. It's an interesting story. We won't read it in the book of Judges in chapter 6. We read about Gideon. And because of time, we won't go into all of it. But the story of Gideon is very interesting, how God called him to fight for the children of Israel and to deliver them from the hand of the Midianites. But it's interesting, when God comes and calls Gideon, God reveals himself to him, and Gideon builds an altar to worship God. Gideon, who's called to lead an army, builds an altar, and he calls on the name of the Lord, Yahweh Shalom. The Lord our peace. The Lord our peace. Shalom is the, is the word in Hebrew for peace. What else is this God of peace doing for us? Well, he's equipping us to do his will. You know, sometimes God calls us and we feel so timid and we, f- we feel so afraid. God, I don't know if I can do that. God, I don't know if I can witness to my coworkers. I don't know if I can do this thing you're asking me to do. I don't know if I can take that next step of faith in my spiritual life. But one thing we can trust in is that the God of peace is equipping us to fulfill his will in our lives. Whatever God has called us to do, we don't need to fret. We don't need to worry. We don't need to doubt because the God of peace is with us and he will equip us to fulfill his will. 
Hebrews chapter 13 and verse uh, 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God has equipped us. God is helping us. We don't need to worry. Sometimes we might think, oh, I'm incapable of doing this. I can't do the will of God in my life. God, what you're asking of me is too much. Rest in the God of peace. Trust in the God of peace. Put your faith in the God of peace. Because God is helping us. God is delivering us. God is sanctifying us. He is the God of peace working in our lives. Maybe you're, 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 you're indecisive right now. You're feeling that God is speaking to you to do something, to take that next step, to, to surrender in a certain area of your life, and you feel like, God, I can't do it. It's the God of peace that can equip us to do every good thing, to fulfill his will. Now, there's another thing that the God of peace is doing, which I'm not going to get into because we just finished a series on forgiveness. But the God of peace also is working in us to help us to reconcile one with another. We won't go into all of that, but in Romans 12 and verse 18, it talks about how God is encouraging us to live at peace with all men, to strive for peace. So it's the God of peace that is helping us even in that. But I'm not going to go into that because we just finished a series on forgiveness and I'm, and I'm trusting that the word of God is working in our lives in that area. And the last thing is the blessing of peace in our lives. You know, one thing that God has given to us that we can enjoy that we can be blessed with, is that he pours out his peace into us. In John chapter 14 and verse 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. These are the words of Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus here is giving us, what does it say here? My peace I give to you. You know, when you read through the Gospels, you don't see Jesus running around, pulling out and saying, oh, I missed this situation. Oh, I should have been over there. Lazarus died and I wasn't there. What's happening? Jesus wasn't like that. He wasn't fretting and just running about here and there and thinking, oh, I need to be here, but I need to be there and I need to be here or there. He was at peace. And here he says, my peace I give to you. And it wasn't an easy pathway that his father wanted him to walk. He had to go through sufferings. He had to go through rejection. He had to go all the way to the cross to die there, a painful, terrible death where he was whipped and beaten and then nailed to that cross. But he was able to walk through that pathway and he says now for us, my peace I give to you. The peace that Jesus had to fulfill the will of God, to walk in God's path for his life, to do all that his father wanted him to do, to be pleasing in his father's sight, Jesus had peace, and he says, I'm giving you that same peace. Can we trust in the power of God? Jesus trusted in the power of God. Jesus trusted in his Father's plan for his life, and he was at peace. How about for us today? Jesus says, my peace I give to you. And he says, you're not as the world gives, right? You know, the world can give us a sense of temporary peace, 
You know, because of situations and circumstances in our life, you might go to work and the boss might call you into, into his office and, and, and say, you know what? We're giving you a promotion. We're giving you a raise, right? You go home and you have this nice feeling of peace and joy. Yeah, things are working out really good for me, right? Things are nice here. And then the next week comes and the boss calls you into his office and he says, you know what? We have some cutbacks. You're fired. All that peace that you felt for that one week, where did it go now? It's out the door, right? That peace and joy and those nice feelings that you had, it's gone. How am I going to pay my bills now? How am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to do this and how am I going to do that? And so here Jesus says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. In our situations of life and circumstances of life, we can have peace in various ways. But the peace that Jesus gives is not a temporal peace, but it's an eternal peace that's independent of our situations and our circumstances. To trust in God, to believe in his sovereignty, to believe that he is seated on the throne, ruling and reigning in our lives, and because of that, I'm at peace because I'm a child of God in his hands. And he is looking for my best. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, it talks about how God has thoughts of peace, to give us an expected end. He's planning in love for us. He's already done it. And he's fulfilling it in our lives. Now, that's not to say that we won't go through hardships and difficulties. Because we will. It's part of life. We all will go through difficulties and hardships. But to remain peaceful, even in the midst of the storm, is what God wants to help us with. Just like that picture, it wasn't just about being tranquil when the sun is shining and the roses are red and it's all so wonderful. No, but that bird that found peace in the cleft of the rock, hidden there, even in the midst of the storm. And that's the kind of peace that God wants to give to us. Colossians 3 and verse 15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, And be thankful. You know, many times we allow other things to rule in our life. It's not the peace of Christ that's ruling in our heart. Instead, worry is there, doubts are there, fears are there. So many other things are ruling in our heart and taking us away from the peace that Christ wants ruling and reigning in us. You know, there's a story of the of Jesus and the disciples, and they were on the boat. It's a it's a familiar story to some of you. They were on the boat, and uh, Jesus was on the boat, and he was sleeping. He was at peace. But the boat was being tossed and, and everything like that. And there were big waves and things. And the disciples were, 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 were losing control. They were like, we're going to die here. They didn't realize that if they're going to die, then Jesus is going to die too on the boat. Right? But they were so worried. They didn't know what was going on. And then they wake up Jesus. And Jesus looks at them and he sees the winds and the waves. And this is the amazing thing about Jesus is that he commands the winds and the waves, and even the winds and the waves, they obey him. In Mark chapter 4, verse 39 to 40, and he awoke, Jesus awoke, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace! Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? What is your storm today? Is it a sickness? Is it a financial problem? Is it a family problem? Is it an uncertainty for the future? What is your storm that you're facing today? 
I want to tell you by the word of the Lord, Jesus can command peace in the midst of your storm. Jesus can command peace in the midst of your storm. Whatever situation you're facing today, let the Lord of peace, let the Prince of peace enter your heart and let him rule and reign from your heart to command peace. In John chapter 16 and verse 33, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We're on the winning side, right? We're on the winning side. We don't have to worry about it. Jesus wins. The last chapter is already written. Just flip a few chapters more in your Bible. You'll see Satan is finished. He's defeated. Jesus has the victory. He'll rule and reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. The glory of God will be on display for all eternity. The light of Jesus will be shining for all eternity. We will be rejoicing with him in heaven for all eternity. The splendor of his glory will be manifest in in us and through us throughout all eternity. And we can see Jesus and love him and have fellowship with him and enjoy his peace forever and ever and ever and ever. Doesn't that give you hope? This world will pass away. Trials will pass away. All of these things will be gone one day. We'll enjoy Jesus' presence. In, here it says, in me. You know, Jesus is known as the word of God. Here it says, in me, you may have peace. And if you look at the letters of Paul, about 13 times Paul says grace and peace. It was his... his uh, his introduction to his letters and what he wanted the people in the, uh, reading the letters to have. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He was imparting grace and peace through God and through the Lord Jesus. And, and as they would read his letters and as they would read the word of God, I believe Paul's hope was that these words would impart grace and peace through God and through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the word of God. And so maybe you're going through a difficult time today. I just want to encourage you. Pull out your Bible. Read some verses. Read some chapters there. You know, the Bible is just full of beautiful promises. How God fights for us. How God delivers us. How God defends us. How God gives us the victory. How God saves us. How God sanctifies us. The Bible is full of so many of these promises where we can hold on to the word of God. In me, you will have peace. In the word of God, You know, eat the word of God, devour the word of God, read the word of God, enjoy the word of God and find peace and comfort and rest in his word. Cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Jesus said, he said, come to me. If if you're laboring, you're heavy laden, Jesus says, come to me. He's the prince of peace. He says, come to me, all those that are, that are laboring. You're, you're full of burdens. You're full of sorrows. And, and you need some relief. Matthew chapter 11, he talks about that. Philippians chapter 4, verse uh, 6 and 7. It's a beautiful uh, promise here, a beautiful verse in the Bible. And it says here, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, God's peace, I picture God's peace like a guardian. The thought is trying to come in. No. This heart and mind is ruled by 
the peace of God. Some fear tries to come in. Nope. God's peace is guarding us. Right? Some thought tries to come in. Oh, you'll never, over, you'll never overcome. Mm. Nope. This heart and mind is guarded by the peace of God. Don't be anxious about anything, dear people of God. But in everything, by prayer and supplications, let your request be made known to God. Tell the Lord, Lord, I need your peace. Lord, I need your salvation. I need your deliverance. I need your help in my time of need. And thank God, thank you, God, for doing that for me. And the peace of God, it will be a guardian. It will protect our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It will watch over us. God is going to protect us. In this Christmas season, when we remember the Prince of Peace, we'll just go back to this verse here in Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But you know what the next verse says? It gets even better. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be... No end. It just gets more. It's just like peace upon peace upon peace. There's no end to God's peace. It's just going to increase and increase and increase. If you read the letters of Peter in 1 Peter and 2 Peter, in both of them, chapter 1, verse 2, Peter talks about peace being multiplied. Dear people of God, God wants to pour out his peace in our lives. Multiplied peace upon peace. He is the God of peace working in our lives. And there's no end to that piece. I just want to close with this story about a very well-known song that I'm sure all of you know. It's called, It Is Well. It is well with my soul. Maybe some of you know the context to which this was written. The first verse goes, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. In 1871, a man by the name of Horatio Spafford had a happy life. He had four young daughters. He had a good business in downtown Chicago. Things were going well for him. But then the great Chicago fire happened and he lost a lot of his businesses. He lost a lot of his uh, financial stability. He had a son as well during that time that died in infancy. But Spafford, he comforted himself. He cushioned that loss with the deep belief in the sovereignty of God and that God was still in control of his life. Verse 2 says, Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. And so he planned a vacation to Europe and, uh, but what happened is some business dealings came up and he couldn't travel with his family so he sent his wife and four daughters ahead and he woke up one week later and he saw the headline news that the very ship that his wife and four daughters were on was in a collision with another ship and the ship sunk. And a little while later, he got a telegram from his wife. And on the telegram, it said, saved alone. His four daughters had had died. His wife had survived. And so he boarded the next ship to Europe. And as he was going to Europe, as he was passing over 
that watery grave. The, the captain of the ship called him to let him know, you know, we're passing over the place where, where, where this other ship sunk. And as he was there, and he, he penned these words to this beautiful song. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. How many of us can say that as well? Peace is not dependent on our situation, but it's dependent on Christ who's died for us. The Prince of Peace, the God of Peace, who imparts peace to our lives. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound. And the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. I don't know what sea billows are are in your life today. I don't know what storms you're facing today. But the God of peace is here. Can you invite him in? Can you surrender to him? Can you give everything to him? In Isaiah 26, I'll just close with this, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Put your trust in the Lord. I just want to encourage you. Put your trust in the Lord. Put your faith in the Lord. Put your confidence in God. He will not let you down. Trust in Jesus with all your heart. He will not let you down. Have peace in God. Have faith in God. He will never let you down. We are on the winning side. We are on the victorious side. If God be for us, who can be against us? No one. Shall we all stand and we'll sing to the Lord? We're going to prepare our hearts as well for the Lord's table and those serving can come up to the front while we sing.